0: I started the company because I thought meditation is something that's really powerful and can really help people, and yet is very misunderstood and mispackaged. It's spiritual or religious or difficult. A lot of people think it's not for them, and that's actually not the case. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Halo Talks. This is Pete Board, at Integrity Square. I have the pleasure of having Steven Sokola with me uh, from a native New Yorker who went from deal toys to journey meditation. So I want uh, all of our listeners to hear your your story of getting to a, a peaceful place and make sure that they know that they can get to the same place. So welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Excited to be here.
1: Excellent. So wh- why don't you take us back to, to your roots and and uh, you know your your Queens background, and, and take it take it forward. So people who are from Queens can say, "Hey, I, I'm like this guy. I'm going to do the same thing."
0: Sure, grew up in uh, in Queens, small town called Douglaston in the '80s. Uh, pretty traditional uh, childhood, but started hustling, starting different businesses, trying to come up with different ways to kind of make some of the money that I saw friends and family having at a a very young age. So started a snow removal business, started making these custom plaques with baseball cards, all types of different things like that. What we would today call entrepreneurial, but back in the day it was just hustling. And uh, ended up coming into the city to go to college, went to NYU, uh, started to get on a more traditional business track, started studying finance and worked in finance when I graduated, only to quickly realize definitely not for me and joined a company called The Award Group, which was making these high-end custom awards. Uh, ended up building that business up to, well, it was a small business, but the biggest in the little space we were in. Uh, fast forward 12 years later, sold the business, took some time off to travel, think, speak to interesting people, and then started Journey Meditation with the goal of helping people live happier, healthier, less stressed lives. So so to, to go back, so NYU,
1: so you, you're kind of learning finance, and then you go to the, the deal toy business, as we like to refer to it in investment banking. Mm-hmm. For those of listeners who don't know that, every time a deal is closed, the analyst and associate at a bank get to be creative and work with the uh, with the group on the award to memorialize the deal as a tombstone, which gets brought to the closing dinner, which... Turns into the biggest thing that the analysts and associate are doing for the thirty days beforehand, um, with loose sites and then expensive, uh, you know, shenanigans related to bells and whistles uh, associated, which I've designed several of them myself. Um, is that bez- What's going on with that business now? Is that still alive? And yeah, well? it's still. Is, right?
0: Yeah, it's still going great. I went to the uh, the wedding of my former art director, a close friend of mine, who was I think she was probably the fifth hire back in maybe two thousand five. Uh, and I saw the whole, the whole gang, uh, the CFO is one of my best friends, and the business is uh, continuing to do well, continuing to thrive. So that, that feels really good that it was set up to, to go on and, and achieve great things. That's great. So you're a
1: serial entrepreneur. How, how do you get to, how do you stop at meditation? How did that come about?
0: Uh, good question. So I mentioned that time when I took off, I, after selling Altrum, I had no clue what I wanted to do and uh, just started talking to people. And asked two questions. Uh, one, I, I'd share my story, and I'd say, "What are your thoughts?" So people would say, "You should start another business. You should go join, you know, XYZ startup. You should go to business school. You should find a wife." You know, everyone had their <laughs> their thoughts. And then the second thing, uh, second question is, "Who do you think I should talk to?" And that question led me to meet just really fascinating people. And so, different opportunities started presenting themselves. I quickly realized I needed to do something that actually mattered in the world. Um, I started seeing these opportunities like there was a uh, a gift basket company or there was a table company that were intellectually really interesting to me from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think they would nourish me. I didn't think I'd wake up every day feeling excited to work on it. And that's one thing that I feel really fortunate about is with the business I'm working on now, it just feels so good. It's the most rewarding work I've ever done. So
1: what, what do you think got you from... You know, trying to make a couple of bucks on a snow removal business. I'm assuming that <laughs> right. it's global warming, if that's true, which I'm assuming it is. So I think it is. No, I'll say it is. It's true, it's true. That a snow removal business that I used to have where I could charge people, you know, like 20 bucks a driveway back in Westbury. There you know, go. I don't uh-huh. know if that's such a good business anymore. I feel like, you know, it's like two or three storms. That's it, right? <laughs> back in the day, I feel like there's like 20 snow removal days though, no?
0: And, and it felt like the, the seasons were so long back then, back when we were growing up. Now yeah. it's like, next thing you know, it's 2025 and you're like, what just happened?
1: Yeah, we had some old school shovels back then too. It's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, so how do you get from you know like this material, like I got to make more money, and then you sell the company, that that's a successful exit. And you're like, you know what, that doesn't did that not matter to you anymore. I mean, it still matters to you, obviously, but you've you've taken an approach now to say, okay, I've got a more holistic way of thinking about
0: yeah, absolutely success, absolutely. Um, well, I realized something pretty early on. Uh, growing up. So I grew up in this town, Douglaston, which is on the border of Queens and Long Island. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to school, public school in Queens with my middle-class friends. And then I would go to this really wealthy camp because my mom worked there. So I went for free where I had my, my summer friends, my camp friends. Who? What, what camp was that? It was called Shibley. Shibley? Yeah. Yeah, I know Shibley. Camp Shibley. Um, and so I had all these friends who sleepaway had... Sleepaway camp, right? Uh, was they had a, a sleepaway camp? camp. This yeah. was a day camp okay. uh, in Roslyn. And these kids and their parents had fantastic wealth, and yet what I noticed is they actually were not any happier than my other friends, and actually it seemed like they had a lot more problems. Hmm. And so there was this really interesting dynamic between I want money because growing up my parents didn't have a lot of money. It was the source of some some stress around the house. My parents ultimately got divorced, I don't think because of money, but that definitely played some part, and yet right. the people that had money weren't really that happy. Mm-hmm. So that that there was a little something there. And uh then along my journey no pun intended, started doing a lot of reading about eastern philosophy and buddhism and self-improvement and things like that. Kind of in my mid 20s, that sort of uh existential crisis like is this it? Is is it just more like more business, more money, right. more and uh and that's when I realized that there had to be other ways. And so uh, it was actually when I moved to Australia, I moved to Sydney to open an office for the company I had mentioned, Altramonters. Mm-hmm. And that was where, that was the first time I lived outside of New York. Uh, so spending time there, living on the beach, I just had a lot of space. Started mm-hmm. reading, doing yoga all the time. And that's when I found meditation and it really changed my life. And did
1: you have a, a teacher there? Did you, you know, did you walk up to some place and had a meditation sign? You said, Hey, I'm going to try this or, cause I think one of the first things that I've done meditation, I don't do it. Uh, daily or, or, or weekly but I, I've tried it a couple of times but it actually took somebody to almost like literally like pull me into this yeah. plug meditation in Santa Monica because I wasn't going on my own so how, do you, how did you get into
0: it? Yeah, I wish there was a story of me discovering some guru who moved from you know Tibet to Australia right. and he he you know, uh, taught me like a like a Mr. Miyagi kind of thing. But actually, uh, (laughs) I was a
1: kid reference for anyone. It's too young for that. show. (laughs) Uh,
0: What actually happened was I was in this beautiful shopping mall and I was in a bookstore, which actually I had visited quite a lot. And I saw a book on Buddhism called Buddhism for Busy People which is such a funny title to think about. And it was the story of, uh, of this guy who was just a regular guy like me or like a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And he found meditation and Buddhism, and it really changed his life. And that story really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And so it was through that that I started practicing. So it was quite self-taught up until uh, the last few years so where you I didn't started.
1: So you did it on your own? Yeah. You, you the, didn't go to like a group meditation? Totally, totally on my own. Oh, okay nice so you did that in australia how long were you in australia for uh 6 months and then you came back
0: to new york came back to new york yeah australia was the happiest i've ever been where i've been so conscious of being happy in other words every day was like this is the best day ever it wasn't like you know how we reminisce about high school or college like ah oh, that was so great but right. really at the time there was like stress and anxiety and other things for this this was just heaven on earth for me but came back to New York. It's where my family is. It's where my business was at the Mm -hmm. time. Came back and uh, a few years later decided to sell the company and dedicate my life to this work now. So you decided
1: not to go back to Australia though. So are you living the happy days of Australia in New York City?
0: Yeah, different. I mean, back then I had almost no responsibility because my entire company was in New York. So I could Do work in the morning because of the time difference and then have the day free to talk to clients, wander around. The lifestyle there is just, you know, as you know, from being in in L.A., different than New York. Manhattan Beach, not L.A. Manhattan Beach. We live in a bubble. (laughs) Okay. Even better. The pace of life is just different. So much more space to spend time with friends and connecting to others, to yourself. So that was just a really special time for me. But I have to say, like, my life in New York now is definitely one that I've worked hard to design around some of those same principles and practices to be able to have space to think and be and catch up with friends. Right. So when you came back
1: from Australia and you had the the Buddhism for busy people, <laughs> Buddhist, Buddhist, <laughs> Buddhism, Buddhism for, for busy, busy people. people. <laughs> so when, when you came back and they said, Hey, Steven, how, how to go. And, and you kind of have this whole new perspective on life. How did that, what do people say? Like, wow, that's you, you, are acting differently or no, anything. Or is that it like was much stumper, more
0: more internal. Yeah. It was much more subtle than that. You right. know, it wasn't like, I went to Australia, lost 100 pounds and came back and and was like, hey, look at me now. It was more a subtle shift. And I think the whole thing, the whole journey from the beginning, whether it was those seeds that were planted when I was in camp growing up, whether it was some of the early sort of self-discovery, self-development work that I did in my mid-20s or here, the Australia thing was kind of early 30s, it was all just just sort of one flow. It wasn't like anything drastic. Um, So I couldn't, I can't say it shifted my perspective in a major way, like six months later, I'm a different person, but it was more, more subtle than that.
1: Gotcha. So you start up journey meditation and, you know, once you tell us what, what the company does and, and what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Sure. Um, so I'll tell you why I started the company. Actually, mm-hmm. I started the company because I thought meditation, something that's really powerful and can really help people and yet is very misunderstood and mispackaged. It's spiritual or religious or difficult a lot of people think it's not for them and that's actually not the case Uh, it's one of those things where uh, it can really be a simple approachable and powerful tool for people and so i thought how do we create something that will really resonate with people and i thought of my mother who i mentioned Mm -hmm. before my mom's a school teacher in uh, queens Mm -hmm. and or technically in long island and i thought how is she going to find it it's not going to be reading a book on buddhism or mm-hmm. my brother, who my best friend works at a hedge fund here in the city, he's not going to go down that track. So how do we create something that will really resonate with people and meet them where they are? Okay. And so that was the that was the sort of impetus for starting the company.
1: And were you, when when you were thinking about that, were you thinking about what's the business model? What's the revenue model? Or is it really like what's the frustration for me to get this knowledge to these people?
0: Both. Okay. Yeah. So for me, uh, part of me is very concerned with how do we bring journey meditation to as many people as possible, whether that's tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people who could benefit from meditation. And the other part of me is this needs to be a sustainable business in order for that to happen. Right. And so it was, how do I balance both of those, mm-hmm. both of those truths? Got it. So,
1: so how did you balance both of them and, and, and where you, what, what path or what's the distribution channel that you've uncovered that's resonating with, with companies and with uh, people? Sure. Directly.
0: Yeah. So to tell you how we started, I put together a team of experts in modern science and ancient wisdom. So the idea was to take these practices that human beings have been doing for thousands of years and combine it with everything we now know about how the brain and body work. And once we had this very simple, approachable, yet powerful practice, I took it to corporate America because obviously there's a need and that's an audience that I knew really well. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to get started very quickly in teaching very hardworking, somewhat stressed individuals at a variety of companies. And so Warby Parker was our first client. Then we started teaching at Time Warner, Condé Nast, Nike, Facebook, Disney, et cetera. So we really found an audience there. Um, And we were fortunate. We then expanded to uh, now 10... Ten cities that we teach in, and uh, what I think is the sort of beauty of the way Journey works is we teach in a corporate setting, and we're talking to employees of a corporation, but we're talking to them as people. Mm-hmm. So you may show up as the marketing manager of Dow Jones, but we're talking to you about your life, about dealing with stress in work, at home, and everywhere else. So I think that's where the sort of sort of some of the magic happens. What's the
1: What's the format of those? meditation sessions?
0: Sure. Great question. So the way we teach is (laughs) (laughs) every, every week has a different theme. So we do 30 minute classes, same time, same place every week. And the reason is we want it to be digestible, easy for people to fit into their schedule. Mm -hmm. So each week will have a theme like stress or resilience or balance or peace of mind. At the beginning, the teacher will share some of their personal experience with that topic. And then the science, the idea is some people really the science really resonates and other people couldn't care about the science, but hearing a personal story really lands. Gotcha. Then okay. you have the meditation itself, so the journey practice. We start out at a 10 minutes and then slowly expand to 15 minutes. Okay. And then the last part of the class is a QA and a and a daily happiness tip. So an actionable item that people can walk out of the room with to live a happier, healthier life.
1: Got it. And then is that is that a meditation they could do on their own? Absolutely, yeah,
0: absolutely. Gotcha. So we provide all of our clients with a platform so that they have an intro, a 10, a 15, and a 20-minute version of that same recording, mm-hmm. because people generally like to be guided, but they could do it on their own just as easily. Got it. So
1: meditation, would you say, is for everyone? Absolutely. Gotcha. And from a standpoint of the people that are educating others on meditation, you want to be basically a stamp of approval on those you know, educators and, and instructors and, and trainers? Or like what, what? What when you view the vision of what's the umbrella company of Journey Meditation? Is it people that you certify, as allowed to go into these corporations? Is it they need to be employees of your company? How, how do you think about making this into every company's got a Journey Meditation consultant or trainer? What would you like? Yeah. To, what would you like to re, me to refer
0: to healers? <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> teachers. Teachers, thank you. Teachers. Okay. Uh,
1: well, healers was something that came up the other day. I don't know why it was on the top of my tongue. I'm sorry about that. I apologize no, it's, to no, you know, it's, uh, But if you're a healer, it's not a bad thing. No, it's great. Hey, something I, magical about. It.
0: I think I think a lot of our teachers would actually consider themselves healers. Um, okay. When when we think about it, we think about it as as teaching, as right, sharing. Right. Um, the answer is, we're very open. So we started in the corporate world because we knew that we'd be able to touch a lot of people's lives quickly through that as a result of the work that I did previously, our understanding of that audience, et cetera. If Journey ends up being something where we train tens of thousands of teachers throughout the world and they're able to take Journey into their local community and teach it in a way that really resonates, Mm -hmm. amazing. If we end up building a digital product and we end up going that route and people are able to find Journey through the App Store or any other way, fantastic. If we end up doing local community classes like the one we're hosting tonight and people can just come in and join and sit together and connect, I think that's beautiful too. So for me, I'm, I'm less concerned with how we do it. I think that will evolve. Um, when we talk about journey, we talk about the community element. We talk about being a supportive, inclusive community that facilitates growth and connection. So if we're facilitating growth and connection for people, to me, it doesn't really matter which way we go. Do
1: you think that Well, one, do you think this should be covered by all health insurance? I mean, it's really a preventative. It's probably one of the the pillars of preventative health and happiness, I would think.
0: Yeah, I think we'll get there. Yeah. I think we'll get there. There's so much science that supports meditation, not just mentally, but physically, how much it lowers stress levels, how much Mm -hmm. it helps the body, that I think it's going to be one of these things that insurance companies are going to say, makes a lot of sense for us to encourage and incentivize our clients to do this right
1: well, that's great well so we're we're there's an event tonight at blender that's right um we you, could go are on you your, coming
0: I, I i will be here
1: um 6 i think this this podcast might air afterwards so maybe we'll do a maybe we'll go yeah i'll tell everyone afterwards how it went and we could do a post
0: post op you're gonna be so zen you're gonna come up in white robes I'm psyched!
1: Can't wait. All right, so we're going to take a pause here, and then we'll we'll kick this back uh, when we're done here. So, thanks for coming on. Congratulations on what you built, and we're looking forward to meditation being on every health insurer's plan and meditation daily at any corporation near you. It'll uh, it'll change the world. Sounds like it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> thanks, Pete.